All right. I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. Welcome, Clarksburg Church. We're so glad that you're here joining us today. There is one announcement that I forgot to give, and actually I've forgotten it several weeks in a row, and I feel terrible about it, but I wanted to announce that we have a new congregant, a new party, part of the body of Christ. Um, Keba and Ehi O'Malley gave birth to their little baby. I think we have a picture. Oh, no. That's the top of her head right there. Um, but her name is Amen's... Uh, Amen, oh, where's Alicia? Um, Amenze? Amenze, yes. Amenze O'Malley, as she was born uh, in November, she is healthy and beautiful. She has two big siblings, and so we're super, super glad to welcome her. If we can get a picture up, we'll show you it. If not, you can go to clarksburgchurch.com events. And one of the things that we do as a congregation to welcome our new little babies is we ask the mom and dad, like, hey, do you want a meal train or would you like a diaper train? Uh, they have chosen a diaper train, that diapers would be a huge blessing to them. And so we want to bless them with that. If you go to clarksburgchurch.com events, there's actually an Amazon wish list there uh, with some diapers and wipes that they've put together. And so you can click that, you can order directly from that, or if you'd prefer to purchase somewhere else, that's fine too. Uh, you can drop them off at the church and we'll make sure that their family gets those. Um, but it's a great way to just say, hey, we love you. And we know that this is a next step is going to be challenging. So we're with you. We're with you in this and here's some diapers. <laughs> um, so we're glad uh, that we can celebrate them. Uh, they might be back in a couple weeks after the baby is a little bit stronger and ready to face the world. So then you can greet her in person. Um, hey, I also wanted to let you know about the ground blessing that we're going to be doing next Sunday. So we've been talking about this each week. Uh, we are currently working on a project called the Clarksburg Yard, and we're trying to create a space for the community out of the front um, space of our property so that as people are walking through the bike path or really just even driving here, they have a space in the community to gather with one another, to be known, to be seen, to be loved. Um, and so we're sort of creating an outdoor venue as well as a cafe. We've been raising money for this. Um, we are trying to raise $30,000 by the end of the year. So far, we're like three-fourths of the way there, um, and we're asking people, hey, if you could give above and beyond this season, if there's just a little something you could give, even if it's 50 bucks, like that would be amazing to help us reach that goal. Um, we are currently working on architecture plans for the cafe. We're working with Nature Sacred to create the landscape design of that space. Um, next Sunday is actually going to be our ground blessing. So we're going to be having a service just like this, 10 a.m., normal. Then we'll be doing lunch with some um, soup and some bread that we're going to be serving to the congregation and the community. And then we're going to be doing some different activities along with Nature Sacred to learn more about what does the community want and what does the community need and some gather some ideas and things like that. Now, uh, the congregational input is really important, but we also want to create a community input. And so if you are a part of this community, like if you live in Clarksburg, we would love, and, and even if you live in the surrounding areas, but you have neighbors, we want you to be talking to your neighbors about this. Like, hey, people of Cap and Branch. Hey, people of Clarksburg Village. Hey, people in T Clarksburg Town Center. We want you to know about this thing that is happening, and we think that this is a great opportunity for you to put input in this place. Will you come to this ground blessing? Now, the other exciting piece about that is if you are a student, if you know middle school or high school students, 
We're giving out an hour of SSL hours to participate in this event because they have an opportunity to give their input in this event. So they can come, they can give their input. It's really, really gonna be great. It's not a sit down thing like this. There are activities and stations that you can participate in. And then to cap it all off, we're gonna be planting our first tree um, on the property as a, sort of like a way of saying, hey, like we're in this together and everyone will be a part of that. You'll all get like a handful of soil and sprinkle that on the tree and we'll plant the first tree. Um, and within the next couple weeks um, or so, we're supposed to have an organization called Tree Montgomery that's coming to plant 21 trees on our property um, in order to start like uh, creating a little bit more shade and shoring up the edges so that our neighbors aren't disturbed by um, what it is that we're doing here to create some coverage. So we're excited about that. So that'll be the first tree. Again, we're really, really looking forward to that. Uh, you can be praying for all of that development um, that we have wisdom as we make choices about what that looks like. Um, and so, yeah. We're good about that. That's great. Okay. Uh, the other thing is, is we have been on a journey through the book of First Samuel, um, and we've touched on lots and lots of different things. We've talked about God boxes and humility and dependence and trust and envy and prayer postures to help create invitations for the coming kingdom. Um, and then as we've journeyed to the end of First Samuel, really all that's left in the story, I mean, it's still significant and important, but what's really left in the story that we haven't covered is that there are a whole bunch of battles that happens and in the course of events Saul winds up dying Saul winds up the king of Israel uh, comes to his demise he is driven by jealousy um, towards David and then his ongoing disobedience to God and Saul spirals to this downward downward for years until Saul along with his sons meet their untimely end in a battle against the Philistines and Saul's actually wounded in the battle and then to finish off his life he falls on his own sword and it's sort of this tragic death and it's the tragic end of the story but it makes a way for David to rise as the next king of Israel which is what the book of 2nd Samuel is all about now we're not going into 2 Samuel, and I'm giving you that summary because I didn't want to leave you hanging to be like, wait, well, what happened? Because we're not going to really talk about that. We're actually going to use today as a more reflective piece. We're going to look back. I wanted to give us a chance this Sunday um, to look back and reflect and share about what God might be doing in our lives as a result of what we've been talking about in the book of 1 Samuel. Um, I love, love, love that scripture is not just a historical document or some book of rules that tells us what we're supposed to do. Instead, scripture is actually this living and active word of God. It lives and it speaks to us and it gives us life and God uses it to transform us through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so um, what I wanted to do was I wanted to create some time for us to share because it's super incredibly encouraging to hear the good news of God and how it's working in the lives of those around us. Um, so what I wanted to do was I have a few questions to correspond to some of the themes that we've been talking about in 1 Samuel. If you look on your white table that's near you, you'll actually see there's like reflection and sharing questions and there are six questions that are there. Um, and what we're going to do is these are sort of each one of these questions is sort of asking a question that's based on a theme that we talked about through the book of 1 Samuel. 
And what we're going to do is I'm going to give you an opportunity to share in a small group, group of people right around you, about how God might be doing something in your life based on these questions. So we're going to go through them real quickly to see if we can spark any sort of ideas or change. Now, some of you are already freaking out, like, wait, I have to talk to other people. Yes, but this is what we do as a congregation because we like to build our body of Christ muscles, right? If you ever go to the gym and you work out and you bench press something or you go run a mile or something like that, that is working out your muscles. And we gather together as the body of believers in order to do the same. And it may be uncomfortable while you're lifting those weights and running a mile. I get it. And this might be uncomfortable too. But this is about us building our spiritual body muscles. That sounds really weird, but, but right, it's about building our muscles. And so we're going to do that this morning as we share about what God is doing in our lives. So, but, but I'm going to like break it down so it's not quite so scary. Okay. All right. So first we want to go through each of these questions, make sure we understand and we sort of remember what it is that they're talking about. So the first question is, what is a God-centered prayer that you have been praying if you recall, at the beginning of 1 Samuel, Hannah models this uh, humility and trust in God. She's a woman that's in immense pain and suffering because she's unable to live up to the cultural standards of what defines her worth and her value. And as sad as that is, we in our culture always have these sort of standards that people base our value on. For Hannah, it was all about having children and she couldn't have them. And as we looked at that chapter, that first chapter in the book of Samuel, we see that Hannah, in that moment of grief and pain and sadness, she cries out to God and she prays this God-centered prayer. She switches from a prayer that is, God, give me a son for my purposes, and she starts praying, God, give me a son for your purposes. And God hears her and prays, uh, hears her prayer and he honors her. She becomes pregnant and she gives birth to Samuel, who she then gives back to God. So the question here is really asking, are there any God-centered prayers that you're praying? Where it's no longer about, God, give this to me for my purposes, but God, would you do this for your purposes? All right, so maybe that question resonates for you. Maybe you have a story about that. And you're not expected to have a story about all of these things. These are just, you know, pick one. Find one that sort of resonates. Uh, the next question is, what are the God boxes that you've had to release and relearn. If you remember this story, this is where the Ark of the Covenant is used to try to uh, force the will of the people, right? They use it to try to win a battle when God was like, yeah, I don't really want you to do that, right? But they do it anyways. And as a result, there's disaster and there's chaos because they're trying to use God. They're trying to control God. And we talked about the ways that sometimes we use God and we control God. But in the end of the story, they wind up putting the Ark of the Covenant out in a field for 20 years and ignoring it because they were like, well, we don't want to do that again. And so we sort of talked about sometimes we use God and we control him, and other times we wake up from that reality and we say, all right, now I'm just not even going to touch God. <laughs> now I'm not even going to engage with that at all because I'm, I'm afraid that I might, uh, I might do something wrong. So we never turn back to God. We never return to his, God to his rightful place of being bigger than being controlled. So we throw out God with the God box. So what are the God boxes that you've had to release and relearn? The third question is, who are you learning God says you are? 
One of the major themes in the book of 1 Samuel is about humility. And that humility is really walking this tightrope between uh, believing you are more than you are, which is arrogance, or believing less than you are, which is insecurity. And walking in humility is agreeing with God about who God says that you are. And we saw all sorts of examples of how Saul had done that wrong and how David had done that correctly. The next question is, how are you practicing trusting God to be who he says that he is? Another key theme in the book of 1 Samuel is depending and trusting on God, of not being so self-sufficient to say, God, I don't really need you. I've got this covered. But also not living in a way of codependence of like, God, if, you're gonna, if you want me to do something, make it easy, right? Instead, we follow God faithfully because we agree and trust that he is who he says he is. The next question is, in what ways are you learning to let go of envy and surrender to Jesus as the king. We looked at how Saul is eaten alive by envy, and he winds up, in, in trying to hold on to the very kingdom that he wants to hold on to, he winds up losing it because he's so envious of David that he can't even stand it. Envy destroys his life and enslaves him more and more. And so we looked at how Jonathan actually surrenders his kingship. He surrenders his throne to David. And what does that look like for us to do the same to King Jesus? And the last one is, how have new prayer postures helped you see evidence of the kingdom coming? And this is what we talked about last week. We talked about postures, prayer postures of surrender and generosity and mission. And your encouragement was sort of like, hey, I, I want to encourage you to to start praying these prayer postures on a daily basis so that you might begin to see the kingdom of God moving around you in particular ways. So these are sort of six questions. Uh, you're not supposed to answer all six of these questions. They're just supposed to be sort of jumping blocks from jumping blocks, jumping, yeah, jumping blocks that you can jump off of because they're jumping blocks that you can then have a discussion, maybe one of those questions you're like, yeah, actually God's really been working in my life in humility and let me tell you a little bit about what this looks like. Um, so we're gonna share in small groups. Uh, you're gonna, your small group is just gonna be the people that are right around you. If you're like, I'm sitting solo today, I want you to move close to somebody else. I also want you to invite you to have somebody in your group that is not just the people that you came with. So somebody else, um, include them in your group. When you form your groups, you're also going to do this. You're going to look to the right, and you're going to look to the left. You're going to look forward, and you're going to look behind you, and you're going to make sure that everybody's included, right? Because we don't want this to be a place where somebody's like, yeah, nobody invited me in. No, we want to invite each other in. We want everyone to participate in this. Um, and here's a few other reminders as we share. One, no bows needed. You do not need to share a story that has everything wrapped up with a perfect bow and it looks like everything's all together. We don't need that. That's not how God works. This isn't an opportunity to prove that you somehow spiritually have it all together or have your life like complete and God wrapped up everything and now look. That's not how God works. That's not how our life works. Um, this is an opportunity to encourage one another that God is at work, not that he has finished the work, right? So no bows needed with these stories. Number two, this is God brags, right? If you have a story where it feels like, oh, I don't want to brag. I don't want to brag. If it feels a little braggy, I want you to think about who it is that you're bragging on. Because if it's God that you're bragging on, then we want to hear it. That's a great story to share. 
We want you to tell us about what he did. And if you benefited from what God did, we want to celebrate with you. So don't worry about like, oh, well, this may, like, it sounds like I'm like, look at me, look what God did for me. Yeah, we want to hear what God did for you because we're the body of Christ and we want to celebrate with you, all right? The last thing is I want you to right-size your vulnerability, all right? Some of you may wind up in a small group or a group with people that you, like, know really well and you've been friends with forever, and, like, that's awesome. You can go deep. But some of you are going to be in a group with people that you just met, and so you might have to share a story or tailor your story to be appropriate for that level of vulnerability. And the reason I say that is because we don't want to, like, force fake vulnerability. Like, we're not force-fitting intimacy here. Like, it's going to be an appropriate level of sharing. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? I think sometimes we are like, oh, we're church, so we should bear our souls. No, no, no. Right-size it. Right-size it to how well you know the people around you. Um, so we're going to have you share in your small groups. Uh, and, and then we'll come back in a few minutes. Does, everybody, does anybody have any questions about what we're doing? Okay, great. Go ahead and find your groups. Make sure you know everybody's name, and then you can go ahead and share your stories. Remember, left, right, forward, back. Everybody's included. Go.
All right. Okay, so I, thank you for participating in that. I know that that's at varying levels of comfort for different people. Probably most people are like, that was horrendous. Some of you are like, I love talking. This is the best thing ever. Um, so we're going to continue in that process. Uh, and actually, I'm going to invite you, if you would like to share a story, and it could be the story that you shared in your group, or you could be like, hey, no, I, maybe God is like really prompting you to share with the whole congregation, but we're just going to take an opportunity and a little bit of time if, for anybody who would like to share with the whole congregation. A couple things about this. You cannot volunteer somebody else. You can like, you can be like, hey, you should share because that was really good. Like you can encourage them, but you can't be like, this person's going to share. You can't volunteer somebody else. Um, but, but again, same thing. This is an opportunity for like, uh, us to brag on what God is doing in the congregation, of how God is moving among us, and how we see evidence of him. And so I want to create a space for that to happen. Uh, I have a mic, and it's really just so everybody can hear you, um, but I know that mics can be uncomfortable, and you don't have to come stand right up here, like if it's like over here is more like a, your speed, that's fine too. Um, and if nobody chooses to share in this large group, that's okay too. Like we're not, we haven't failed or something. Um, so I don't, I don't, want to, I don't want anybody to feel that pressure of like, we've got we've to make Beth proud. No, don't worry about that. That's fine. I can stand up here alone. Not a big deal. But I do want to create space if anybody does want to do that. Normally I have a mic stand and I just leave it there so I can walk away. James? Oh, he's getting the mic stand. He's not actually coming up. He's just getting the mic stand. Way to meet a need, James. Wait, oh, there you go. No, oh, don't, no pressure. Hello. Hi. Works. Oh, and say your name, even though I said your name, but everybody say your name so we know who you are. I'm James. Hi, James. There's another James. Say hi, James. See? Uh, big things for me. Um, this was actually the last thing that we talked about in our group uh, for me, which was the relation between question two and question four. Um, what are the God boxes that you have had to release and relearn, and how are you practicing trusting God to be who he says he is? So for me, I think one of the God boxes that I'm currently trying to break apart is understanding that God is who he says he is in all the ways at all the times. So there are times that I believe that God's will is going to happen, because it's perfect and it's just. But I don't always think that just because it's going to happen, it also means it's going to be good for me all the way through it. Um, which is crazy because that's just another characteristic of who God is. Like, he has a just and perfect will, but he also has a plan for my life. And he also has, you know, Jeremiah 29, 11, plans to prosper you and give you peace. And there's things that I want, and there are times when I believe that his will is going to happen without believing that the second part is true, which is a crazy thing to do when you truly believe that God is who he says he is. He is all of those things at the same time, all the time. So I've been working on, poorly, but working on trying to break down the boxes of God being who he says he is sometimes or not all the things all the time and understanding that if he is who he says he is and if he is God and if I believe that then all of those things are true 
all the time. And that's something that I feel will give me confidence to pray God-centered prayers and not always hopping into prayers because something's wrong or something's going to be wrong and feeling like I don't really have a conversation to have with God when things are good, which is bad to say out loud. But yeah, so that's something that we were talking about, something I'm reflecting on currently. And uh, if you could all pray for me in that regard, because that would help me be a better husband, a better son, a better steward of my time. And yeah. This is what we call the long wait. I'd like to recommend Jake. You can't do that, <laughs> Teresa. That is like, that is not like a quiet, like, Hey, that was really good. That is a volunteering. That's wrong. <laughs> Nobody has to share. Now, yeah, now, Teresa, you have to share. I feel like I need to rescue James from having to share. <laughs> All right. It, I, everybody good? Is anybody else? We're good? Okay, good. Good. I, I'm really grateful that we have an opportunity to share these stories. Even if, even if we weren't able to all hear everybody's story, that there were opportunities for you to hear from people among the congregation. I think that sometimes one of the things that happens when I'm the one that's predominantly standing up here, is it creates this false idea that God works through me, and then I get to tell you about it. <laughs> and that is a big load of malarkey. The reality is, is because of Jesus Christ, God has a relationship and desires to have a relationship with every single one of you. That God is present in your life, that God is working in your everyday spaces, the places you live, the places you work, and the places you rest. Like he's, he's working and moving through you. Um, and I get to be a representative of that, and I get to remind you of those things. But I think it is incredibly encouraging when we're reminded and we get to hear stories of, uh, stories of how God is moving through the entire body of Christ. So I want to thank those of you who shared your stories, whether it was in the small group or it was up here. Um, I am incredibly grateful and um, 
that, that you were willing to bless the congregation with that. Um, we are going to, we're going to worship God. We have one more song that we're going to play. Um, I, I think that what we've been doing is we've been sharing s- stories together has been an act of worship to worship God. Um, and as we go into this next series that we're going to be starting for Advent next week, we're going to be looking at the kingdom of God. Um, what we looked at with First Samuel was sort of looking towards the Messiah, looking towards the king who was coming. And during the season of Christmas, we actually get to celebrate that the king has arrived, that the king has come. Um, And so I'm excited about this opportunity to look at some of those kingdom prophecies and then celebrate the birth of the king, the birth of Christ, as we um, journey towards Christmas. Um, So, oh, there's there's the baby! It came up! Uh, So... um, I'm so grateful that we get to do that. So um, I'm going to invite the band to come on back up as we sing this last song. And the song is called Old for New. Um, and it's essentially asking God to give us a new sense of his spirit and a new sense of his presence uh, to trade in the old things for the new things that God is bringing into our lives. And I'm asking that as we sing this song, that that would be a prayer that you have, that as we've reflected on what God is doing among us, that we would then be able to call out to God and say, God, we want to see you bring a renewed spirit. We want to see you bring a new um, uh, heart and put a new heart for love and, and, for, and for each other in us. Um, so I'm going to invite you to stand as we sing together, and I'm going to pray for us. Father God, we are so grateful for the ways that you are moving in and among us. Uh, We do not take that for granted because we know and we are confident that the only way that that is possible is because of the sacrifice of your son, that he took on flesh and dwelled here on earth so that we could be with you, so that we could dwell with you. And so, Father God, we are grateful that we have eyes to be able to see you working around us that we have the ability to participate in your kingdom here on earth. And we ask that you would uh, enable us to become more aware of your presence, that we would continually to be renewed into your spirit. We pray all these things in your holy and precious name. Would you hear the words that we sing as our prayer and our worship to you? Amen. Amen.